Thank you all so much for joining us once again. We are currently in a series entitled Plugged In. Um, And as a church, we want you to uh, find great connections and great relationships with people, as well as grow in your faith. Um, God has called us to be in community, and uh, we're not called to be in this Christian walk alone. If you are a Christian, uh, you are called to be in community so that you can receive encouragement, um, so that you can receive authentic and genuine community and relationships. That's God's prescription for you. Um, And if you're not a believer, hey, we welcome you here with open arms. I I believe we, we are all in our faith journey, um, whoever we perceive God to be, but I just want to let you know that Jesus uh, is a God of love, he's a God of acceptance, he's a God of grace, and so as a church that believes in Jesus and that strongly follows him with all of our hearts, we welcome you here, Um, so uh, thank you for joining us today. Hey, today I have an amazing surprise for you. Um, We are, what, 17 weeks old now, or young uh, we're a brand new church. So um, how did we like the holy karaoke this morning? Was that awesome? Wow. Yeah. So I'm a futuristic. I'm a visionary. And I don't see holy karaoke lasting past our first year. We're going to have a full band up here sometime soon. But um, God, God can work through anything, and that's what he's doing. I have an amazing surprise for you. Um, I won't be preaching this morning. Is anyone happy about that? see a red laser or see a red beam on somebody's head. No, no, I won't be preaching this morning. Um, we, we have an amazing speaker lined up for you. Um, she is going to preach and teach the house down. And um, I just, the only thing I, the only thing I hope is that you would clap for her more than you clap for me, that you would amen her more than you would amen me, even though the amen is up to God for all you spiritually deep people. Um, but hey, I pray that you would take notes, get those pens and those fingers nice and loose, get your mind open up, get your heart open up. She really has something to deposit into your spirit. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and introduce her. If not, I'm going to be tempted to open my Bible and start preaching. Um, she hails from Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, come on. Come on. Let's warm up for her. Let's warm up. Yeah. Wow. Chris already knows how this goes. Um, Anyway, she was raised in uh, Seminole County, Florida. She is my very... She's my very own. Kyra Redding. Let's give it up for her, y'all. Love you. Awkward. Love it. Thanks, guys. Um, I know it's so weird, right? I'm going from, like, worship and praying to y'all in, and then I'm going to be speaking the word. But I am here. So Pastor actually asked me, oh, man, maybe, I don't know, in December to um, teach and preach. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not ready for that, Lord. Um, I have in the past, but it's just, oh, there's just a lot going on. So I'm honored to be up here today. Um, One of our codes here at Highlight, uh, within our code, one of the values is high honor. And it's we honor those who lead us, those we serve, and those we serve alongside. So it's literally all the way around. Um, My husband is time and time again, um, such 
a, just an amazing man of God. And so I just want to honor our pastor and just thank him for even giving me the opportunity to uh, speak God's word today. Yeah, we love you. We love you, Pastor Josh. So if you don't know me, my name is Kyra Redding. Um, I was a Torres, so I am Hispanic. For all y'all who wonder what my race and ethnicity is, I am Hispanic. I am Dominican, so I talk like a thousand miles a minute. I try to slow things down, especially when my husband looks at me like, chill. You're like on 20. So I will do my best to kind of just bring that down just a little bit. Um, married to a black man, he has helped me in that regard. So I love you, baby. Um, my kids, I have two children. They are um, big time movers. They're boys and they're very active. So I pray to God to just deposit peace, not test me for more peace, but he's not doing that. No, he just continues to give me tests. So I love my children though. Jaziel is back there. He's eight. I was a single mom before the Lord met me. He completely has transformed my life. And so I'm here to tell you he is alive, he is real, and he is active. Uh, Judah is our firstborn together. We love him. He's two, but he's just very active. So that's about me. Um, we are excited to be here this morning. I know the team has been super pumped. I've been feeling it. So we are going to just dig in. Um, we're continuing in this series, Plugged In. And the title for today's message is The Power of Your Current right? So the power of your current. There's no really big reason for me to kind of daddle around it. I know pastor did an amazing job last week of kind of introducing this Acts 2 in the body of believers where Peter was up in this upper room with the disciples. There were 120 people there. The Holy Spirit came. He preached a message. 3,000 people got saved. And now we're here today. And so I know Acts 2, he was big on 44 all the way through 47. It just pretty much gives us that concept of community. And I tell people all the time, you know what happened when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? You literally instantly went into community. You gave as each other had need. You began to meet in each other's homes. You came to church. You assembled. You, you worshiped God together. And somehow we as a church have like continued to bring this gap in and made it the Sunday thing. I, and God has been working on my heart like, Kyra, it is not a Sunday thing. It is an everyday thing. I need you to check on Diana. I needed you to check on Erica. I need to make sure that you're discipling people. This is not just about you. And so I love that we're in this series because, yes, although we're doing light groups, um, that's what it's about. Get plugged into a light group so that you're able to experience that community, so that you can have a brother in Christ like Bobby just give you a call and say, hey, dude, what's going on? How's your marriage? How's your single life? Are you remaining pure? Are your eyes pure? What are you looking at? What are you listening to? So it's more than just meeting up on a Sunday and meeting up one time a week. So I pray that um, as the Spirit moves us, it's amazing. We literally have 40 people signed up in light groups. That is phenomenal. So let's give that clap up. That's good. So the power of your current. We're going to be going into Acts um, chapter 10. And before we go there, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. And I am here. I'm available. And I am your vessel to be used by you. People, and to, pe to be used for your people. And Father, I pray that the words that are spoken come only from you, Jesus. I pray that they deposit powerfully in the hearts of your people today, God. I pray that this entire concept of being plugged in, not just escape the minute that they walk out these doors, God, but that they take it Monday and Tuesday, God, and that they allow it to dig in deep, God, 
So, Father, I thank you again for this opportunity. We thank you for your word, God, that it is spirit-breathed, and it is alive, and it is active. So right now, I just pray that you do your surgical work in our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So let's go there. Acts 10. And I will say I am sorry because it's a lot of scripture. And it's because it's a story. And it's an amazing story. And I love this. The, the women, we just had if gathering. And I was thinking about this story literally the minute pastor told me, you're going to preach for plugged in. And this is the concept. And I was like, okay, Cornelius, yes. And then we get to if, and they're talking about it. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. This is confirmation. So this is good. This is one of those stories that I read um, as a baby Christian. And it just excited me on so many levels, like theologically, just what happened amongst the people. So I pray that it does the same for you. So we're going to go in Acts 10, and we're going to break it down. So I'm not just going to read this whole thing really quick at once. So Acts 10, 1 through 8. And when you are there, say amen. I know we have a Bible on a TV, and that's cool. Amen? All right. So there was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. We take notes here at Highlight. Let me stop. We take notes. We are note takers. I tell my husband all the time, if we don't take notes, we won't pass the test when the test comes. So we've got to get it into us. So we don't call each other highlighters for a reason. So take your notes. If you got a laptop, your computer, I don't care. Let's take some notes. You guys ready? Let's go back in. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. Line that. He had led everyone to his house to live worshipfully before God. Line that. Was always helping people in need and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next-door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. And then he said, what do you want, sir? And the angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Highlight it, underline, circle, 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 dot. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius sent two servants and one particularly a devout soldier from the guard. He went over with him in great detail everything that had just happened and then sent them off to Joppa. This is not in my notes, but I love this. When God gives us a vision, this is just something that's coming. It is so important that we tell the right people. Like a devout man. That means that this man had to be his best friend. He had to be someone who followed him. He had to be someone who also was learning this Jewish God because that was, that was Cornelius. And so this devout man, because oftentimes when we share things too soon, oh, people snatch it from us. And ultimately, it's not people, it's the enemy. So when you have something in your heart that you want to do, pray about it and talk to the right people. I remember when we were starting to launch this church, and even back in 2012, when we would mention it to people, they thought we were nuts, including my mom, and I love her, and now she's like 100% on board. But we thought, they thought we were nuts, and Josh and I literally had to say, we're quiet. 2012, 2013, it wasn't until the, almost the middle of 2014 when we finally began to talk about it. That was hard. I remember those seasons. So that's just a little nugget, okay? So point number one, I'm going to go straight into it. I know that pastor loves to massage things. I just, just go and attack it. I'm just very forceful that way. So let's go. Be committed. That's point number one. Be committed. Point number one, be committed. 
See, Cornelius was a man who was committed. We see that, right? He's praying all the time. He's serving this God who ultimately, he doesn't have to serve. So Cornelius was a centurion, a, a, a captain, a guard. And so he oversaw in the Roman Empire certain places. And right now, this is where he's stationed. So he's not Jewish at all. But I love it because it shows the character of who Cornelius is, right? He loves people to the point that he's so committed that he wants to know who is your God? Who is this person you pray to all the time? I want to know. And so he started to speak to the people that he was serving. He wasn't just leading with an iron fist. He said, I'm a leader of leaders. And so a leader of leaders literally chooses to get down in that level. That's what Jesus says. You serve one another. And I love it because Cornelius paints that picture for us. And so he's asking the people who this God of Israel was. So Cornelius is known as a Gentile. And unless we are born Jewish, we're Gentiles. Simply put, a Gentile is not Jewish. So they were outcasters to a Jewish person. And so it just shows me so much of, of the person that Cornelius is. So I want you just to keep that in your head. He was an, he was a committed man. And so much so that he got God's attention. He was so committed that he got God's attention. I wonder if in our day-to-day, we are saying, yes, Jesus, I'm all in. And does he see us? Are we that committed to his church, to building his church, to speaking life into people that it literally will catch the attention of God in a second? Because he'll move on our behalf. He'll move mightily on our behalf. And so that's just a question that I want to just give to us, church, this morning. I love it. So Cornelius had a heart for people, like I said. And he also brought others to know God. In his household, he would talk about God. And just to let you know, he didn't know Jesus. And this is why an angel came. He got God's attention so much that God literally, Jesus is sitting on that side and he's like, we've got to move. There is this man and we literally smell his prayers and his love for people. We have to go there. We have to move. And it literally caused God to move. It's beautiful. And The Bible was not written for us just to read these fancy stories and skim past them. No, they're written for our learning. They're written because they still happen today. And so theology 101, there's only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. And that is why an angel of the Lord came to him that day. And so every religion out there can say what they say, but Jesus is the only way to heaven. So Proverbs 9.10 tells us this. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So Cornelius was committed to a foundational level, but God was calling him to move, to know the Holy One. And so sometimes we've got to be committed so strong at this foundation level that it literally causes God to move on our behalf and he will literally raise us up. That's how leadership works. And I'm worried because this generation, and pastor talks about this all the time, 
this, 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 the generation that I'm in, 18 to 34, this millennial generation, you know they've termed us commitment phobes? Commitment phobes. And they haven't even termed my kids' generations yet. Our lack of commitment is going to hurt our children. It passes down. So church, I know that God is telling us today, be committed. Kyra, in everything you seek to do, be committed. To your husband, be committed. To your children, be committed. To your church, be committed. Because God wants to move on your behalf. Amen? So John 14, 6, this is another one, just Theology 101. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Write that down. Circle it. It's one of those that if anyone ever says, oh, I don't know if I believe in this Jesus guy, you can go back to the story and then go back to that verse and say, hey, God moved on Cornelius's behalf because he needed to know Jesus. So good. So Cornelius was committed at his job. He was committed at home. He was committed to people, and he was committed to God. And so, church, we have to do better. And I'm speaking this for even myself. We just have to do better. I love this, um, just this breakdown of commitment. Commitment is your willingness to give your time and energy to something you believe in. Simply put. So when pastor said, Kyra, I've just received this vision from God. I want to pastor the most, you know, diverse church in all of the nation. And I know it. I was like, hold up, hold up. You just left medical school. He was going to go to Howard. And you chose to follow Jesus. That's great. I love Jesus too. Let's do it. You want to be a pastor. Great. But planting a church, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. Time goes on. He starts to work on my heart. And so I told him, I'm committed. We weren't even married. We were dating. I'm committed. I'm committed. Let's do this thing. And so like I said, the years go by. And in 2014, we pitched this vision. Some of you may know this, but I don't think that we need to get tired of hearing the vision of our church because this is the vision of our church. This is a vision of our church 10 years from now, right? So in 2014, we pitched this vision to eight of our friends, all of them but one said yes. And that was hard for us. But hey, I'm committed. I'm committed. 2015, we start to prep, the year of preparation. We're having meetings. It's just Josh, Chris, and I in a table. We don't even know. Josh prepares the heck out of all the meetings. I love it. And then by the end of 2015, God literally sends a whole new group, <laughs> seven people, the number of perfection in the Bible. So our commitment is causing God to move on our behalf. So we move here in 2016, us nine. We have interest meetings. We don't know who, what, where. We don't even know where we're going to start. God opens up this church, and when we launch in October 16, we had 25 people said, yes, we're committed too. We're all in. We want in. We want God to even move on our behalf. And you know what? God is moving in each and every one of our superheroes' lives. Because this thing is deeper than just setting up a church. This thing is about souls. And so commitment isn't just for you. Commitment is for everyone else. And I love it. It, ca it caused God to move. And so now we're walking into groups, and we literally had to open one more group because 
where we were maxing out. We're at 40 people who have signed up. We have 10 people signing up for Super Steps. If you have not signed up for Super Steps and you've been here and you're like, you know what? I want to be committed too. It's becoming a superhero. We call our volunteers superhero because we're just cool. So that's just what we want to do. <laughs> so be committed. I love it. So let's go ahead and continue in our story. Acts 10, we're going to go to 9 through 23. Oh, hold on, stop. I got to go back up. Now I, now I know, Pastor, what you deal with up here. So we go Proverbs 16, 3. I love this verse. Just jot it down for just you. Commit your actions, so that's your time and your energy, to the Lord. So believe in Jesus. And your plans will succeed. Not that they might, church. Not maybe, but that they will. This is faith. To believe God for the impossible. And all it, set, all it takes is a yes to have the faith to move mountains. Yes, it does. It takes them, I'm committed. I'm going to do this. You know, we have soldiers that fight wars for us. Do you think it's easy when they go across seas and they miss their families? But they're committed to us, to our country. And Jesus is expecting nothing less. He's expecting more. I love it. So I'm committed. Let's go to point number two. We'll go in Acts 10, 9 through 23. Again, we're going to be moving in here. You guys okay? Awesome. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went out on the balcony to pray. And it was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up, and something that looked like a huge blanket, lowered by ropes at its four corners, settled on the ground, and every kind of animal and reptile and bird you could think of was on it. Then a voice came, go to it, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, oh, no, Lord, circle that. I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher, bougie. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay, Peter. This happened three times. Jesus always had to come at him three times. And then the blanket was pulled back up into the skies. And as Peter puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant. And then the man that Cornelius sent showed up to Simon's front door. They called in asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. And Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them. So the spirit whispered to him, three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get up, get out of the spiritual trance. It's not meant for you to stay in it. It's meant for you to go because people need you, Peter. I love it. Whew. So... Three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I sent them to get you. Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? And they said, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man, well known for his fair play, ask any Jew in his part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. They had a small group. Isn't that cool? So point number two, break comfort. Break comfort. So we're going to highlight Peter. We're going to talk about him. I love Peter. He's so cool. 
so strong, strong-minded. So Peter was called by Jesus. If we don't know in, in the Gospels, and it's totally okay, you'll read about him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And literally, Jesus comes to his boat, and he's fishing. This is what he was doing. This is his nine to five. This is just what he does. And, and Jesus literally said, follow me. And so Peter stepped out of the boat and into his destiny. Jesus does that. When we say yes to him, he starts to shake things. I love it. I love it. Peter walked with Jesus. Peter was also given a high calling to build his church, Jesus' church. And I know Pastor broke it down last week, and we'll get into that again. And obviously, Peter in this passage was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry. He was distracted. Are we hungry this morning? Hungry for the word? <laughs> Amen. But Peter was hungry. So when he goes up to pray at this time, like I said, it's customary for the Jews to, to, to have these times of worship, to go up into the upper rooms to pray. And so as you see, Cornelius was doing the same thing. And I love it because literally as God is intervening on Cornelius' behalf, he's telling Peter to get up. There are people that are connected to you. I'm already going into point three that you don't even know, but you just got to follow God because they're meant for your future right? So in the middle of Peter's hunger and his praying, his, his, his life of prayer, that's his comfort zone. It's what he knows. He gets distracted. He gets distracted. Oftentimes when I go to open my Bible, I tell my husband all the time, I'm thinking about the laundry I have to wash, the dishes I have to load, the fact that I have to wake up and go be a nurse in the morning, and then I have to call this person, this person, oh my God, I have to pray for this person right now because something's going on. And God is like, Kyra, be still. I've called you to get in your word. Distractions, right? We go to pray. It's like we need meditational prayer. Just get it all out distractions. And have you ever been in a season where you're doing all the right things, just all the right things, and then just these distractions start coming like left and right, and you don't even know? You're like, God, hold up. I'm doing all the right things. I'm going to church. I'm praying. Like, I'm worshiping with my fellow believers. We're having small group. What is going on? Distractions. Maybe God and I'm going to read this because it's so good when he gave it to me. Maybe God is trying to get your attention. Maybe he is calling you to stretch in your faith, stretch into the impossible, and break comfort. Because the very thing that was distracting him, God used. The very thing. And I'm going to kind of jump here. You guys may be wondering, like, what? What's kosher? What's this? So Jewish people aren't allowed to eat certain foods. I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, and if some of you may know what that is, we took a lot from, I guess, the Jewish culture, like we worship on Sabbath, and we weren't allowed to eat bacon, and let's just say, when I was reading this, I was on a 21-day fast, and I promised, and I wrote down, I will eat bacon after day 21. <laughs> I love it, because um, I had to go on my own relational seeking when I truly found the one, when I had knowledge of the one. And so I love you, mom. But yes, I, I, I do eat bacon. I love my bacon. <laughs> so I love it because the very thing that was distracting him, God used to get 
his attention. And maybe it's your comfort zone that is distraction, that is the distraction, and it is not allowing you to put all of your time and energy into that thing that God is calling you to pay attention to. See, because we get into this place where it's like, I'm Netflix and chilling. I'm on my couch. This is what I want to do. And God is like, can you just pick up the phone and pray for this person because they need you? But then we're like, no, this new series is on. I'm about to binge. I just did it. It was Grey's Anatomy. It was the worst thing ever. And my husband was like, you need to stop, please. <laughs> and I told him, oh, I just finished season 12. We're done. We're done. I'm done. No more. So I'm guilty of it too. And so in, in preparing this, God is literally speaking to me, right? I'm a pastor's wife, whatever that means. I plant this church with my husband. We're leading people. But Kyra, are you breaking your comfort even in the middle of all of this? What is distracting you? What is distracting you, Kyra? Break comfort. I love it. Break comfort. In order to be committed, you must break comfort. In order to be committed, you must break comfort. So Peter was given a high calling. We're going to go back into Acts 1.8, and it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling all people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One of our codes, in, in our code, I always say that, but it's one of our values within our code is high commission, and it states that there are more people to reach, and there is more for people. You can find all these within our website, and people ask me, like, well, where is that in the Bible? Well, that, that, that's it, right, right there. We just make it really cool so it can speak to our generation. But right there, high commission, yep. So Peter, at this point in his um, ministry, from 2 to 9, he's been in Jerusalem. He's been in Judea. And now he's in Joppa. And Joppa is in Samaria. And God is now calling him to go to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth was 30 miles away. That's where Cornelius was, 30 miles. That's from here to D.C., I think. Mm. Yeah. Some of you may have to travel those 30 miles just to get to a light group. Be committed. Break that comfort. Because it's literally your story and what you've gone through is going to impact the very next person that's in your aisle. I've held on to that since Pastor said it. There's evidence in your aisle. We need one another. Because when I'm going through it, and you've already gone through it, you can speak into my life. And I can say, oh, God, if you did it for her, you can do it for me. Right? 30 miles. 30 miles. So Peter was having to break his comfort zone at this point. Because if we continue to read, Paul comes on the scene. And I know that Pastor gave us this story last week. It's in Scripture. And, and he's literally, Paul is like, persecuting Christians, Jews who are believing in, in, in Jesus as their Messiah. Um, and, I, and I love it because God is a God of order, so he's not going to just insert Paul and Paul, go ahead and start doing your thing. He had to get it to Peter first. So in leadership, vision comes from the head, from the head. And that's why we honor our leaders. So when something steps in that your leader has placed, pray for them. 
Submit to that. Take that as your own. So Jesus had to literally work through Peter at this level, like, I've got to break your comfort because Paul's going to come on the scene and he is going to do it up. And if you're not riding on that wave, oh, it's going to cause such dissension in my church. Dissension is not of God. Division is not of God. It is the enemy at work. So when you start feeling division in your homes, you better cast that thing out in Jesus' name. God gives us weapons to war, and that's one of them. Division is not one, and it's not meant to be in the house, ever. Within your relationships, whatever that looks like. (sighs) Love it. So we are called to break comfort for the one. Peter was called to break comfort for Cornelius, the one. And we're going to continue to read on how this affected Cornelius' life. And so, are you ready to break comfort and become available so that God can use you? Are you ready to break comfort and become available so that God can use you? We're going to go to Isaiah 42, 16. Um, Because you may be saying, well, breaking comfort hurts. I don't like change. It's not my thing. I'd rather just sit here and do what I do. It's not living in faith. We serve a God of the impossible. So when he calls us to move, we got to move. Isaiah 42, 16, this is a promise. Take this, write it down, put it on your mirrors, whatever you need to do to remind yourself. Because when you're in seasons where you're going against whatever you have to go against because God is literally calling you into it, you need to hear promises like this for your life. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. As you break comfort, that's his promise, that he's going to guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before them. Oh, God dropped this into me, and I'm just going to read it. That very thing that you're comfortable in is just a distraction disguised in a dark place so you can't notice it. Yeah. I, when he dropped that, I was like, bomb, mic drop, let's do this. That very thing that you're comfortable in is just distraction disguised in a dark place so you can't notice it. So he promises to turn darkness into light and make the rough places smooth. There are things that I will do. I will not forsake them. I will not leave them. I will not forsake them. That is the God that we serve. He is a good God. He won't leave you. He is there. He goes before you. He goes behind you. He is alongside you. That is his promise in scripture. Thank you, Jesus. So break comfort in your current so that you release the power of what God wants to do in your life. He will not forsake you. Break comfort in your current so that you release the power of what God wants to do in your life, and he will not forsake you. My last point. Let's go to Acts 10, 24 through 36. We're going to be finishing off here. I got only three points. So the first one was be committed. There you go. Second, there we go. Let's go. Acts 10, 10. 24 through 36. The next morning he got up and went with them. 
Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. Hold up. We have no excuse. This literally took Peter a whole entire day. He must have been by boat, walk, I don't know. We literally have cars that can get us 30 miles in 20 minutes. We have no excuse, church. We don't. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him and then down on his face worshiping him. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that. I am a man and only a man, no different from you. Circle that. That's good. You got to circle that. Talking things over, they went on into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews don't just do this, visit and relax with people of another race. We're called to build a diverse church. But God has just shown me that no race is better than another. So the minute I was sent for, I came, no questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. And Cornelius said four days ago, about this time, mid-afternoon, I was home praying, and suddenly there was a man right in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Cornelius, your daily prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I did it. I sent for you. And you've been good enough to come. And now we're all here in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the master put in your heart to tell us. Jesus. I think that'd be every preacher's favorite line right there. Just ready to receive. The people ready to receive. Sunday is not just another day. We've got to come with our hearts ready, open, available, because we are going through hell Monday through Saturday. I don't care what kind of life you're living, the money you're bringing in, or what your kids look like, or what your single life looks like. We are going through it. Because when we rest our heads and we're looking up in the darkness, thoughts come. So whether we're in the top of a mountain or valley lows, Jesus is with us. Amen? So we've got to be ready to receive it. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Sounds like Jesus. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. Amen. We're going to go up to the top. This, this picture that we're getting painted is Cornelius is in his home, and he's invited people because they're just waiting. They're waiting eagerly, like all of his friends, his family, the ones who he's told about God, maybe ones who have never even heard about him. They're ready. They're like, they have a small, probably a larger group, but they're ready. They got a small group. They got a light group going on in the house. So Peter comes in, and automatically he falls to his feet. And I love that Peter addresses this, and it's something that we as a church need to begin to understand. Our leaders are not perfect. The church is not perfect. The people you are surrounded by are not perfect. They will fail you. They may fail you. They can. But God never will. And that is why we cannot put emphasis on our pastors or the people who are leading us. No, we honor them, right? 
We honor them. We pray for them. Revelations 19.10. This is John, and he's having visions. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters. We are equated to angels. That is crazy. Angels move swiftly. When God tells them to go, they go, right? When they need to come and protect us, God says, go, they go. So we're equated. I love it. Just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus, worship only God. Amen. And so I just want to point that out because your light group leaders, you may notice something, and, I'm just, and you may be like, oh, I don't know if I do that in my Christian walk. Okay, well, grace upon grace, because we are all on the same level, seriously. Jesus is not coming back for the holiest of holiest people. Like, he's not. He's coming back for the prostitute who gives her life tomorrow and walks through our doors and wants to be loved on. He's going to come back for that single mom who was literally relationship after relationship, not even caring about my worth, met me at a table at Barnes and Nobles. And the last thing that your pastor asked me was, do you believe in Jesus? It pierces me to this day. It does. So I just want to say that. In Luke 4, 8, Jesus replied, the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So I just love that Paul addresses this, very, the very first thing. And Peter at this point, who is the leader, right, he even realizes the power of his current, his connection. He realized that God was using him to reach the ends of the earth. And so point number three is be connected. Be connected. This angel of the Lord literally visited Cornelius. God visited Peter, and now they're in the same room. They've gotten connected. They've gotten connected. And this connection allows for Jesus to move. So when we get together on a Sunday, we've got to connect our hearts together. Through the week, we've got to be connected to one another. We've got to call our brothers and sisters and find out what is going on in their lives. It's important. We must be connected to one another to remain connected to the one. We were never meant to live life alone. Never. If that was the case, Eve would have never been created. Not that she was a woman. It's just that God knew, like, Adam needs a woman. He needs somebody. He's going to be lonely. And that happens to us. When we do not have a community, a thriving community, we go, we go to sleep and we feel empty or lost or sad. And if that's happening to you and you're in this church, please tell us. Because it shouldn't be. That means you, please take this the right way, may be isolating yourself. Because it's available to you. Remember that. Jesus is available to you through one another. So Acts 10.44, we're going to drop down and we're going to be closing here. Even... As Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to this message. Everyone in Cornelius' house was saved that day. Peter was able to step in, address the issue. They were all in one 
level playing field and the gospel was released. So much so that the dunamai power of the Holy Spirit came upon these people and they fell in the same trance that happened in Acts 2, 46 and 44. Like that whole entire, that whole chapter, what happened to the apostles happened to Cornelius. And Peter at the end of this chapter is like, oh my God, you show no difference among people whether you're black or white or Hispanic or yellow or clear or whatever everyone is the same we're all equal in the eyes of the Lord there is no division here God shows equality and so I love that my husband has said hey do you want to preach because some churches don't even allow this to happen so we've got to be connected church we've got to be connected to be connected to power, you must be willing to be plugged in. To be connected to power, that dunamai, the Holy Spirit, you must be willing to be plugged in. The power of your current, remember that's the message, the title, the power of your current depends on you. An electrical current and simply is it this, it's the rate or how fast a charge or power, right, passes by a point on a circuit. So can you imagine if we have these circuits that shoot up straight to heaven, just straight up to God's throne? Because obviously this happened with Cornelius, right? So if you are committed, if you're breaking comfort and you are saying, I'm connected, do you know how fast that power, your rate, is reaching the heavenly thrones? Angels will move on your behalf. I love it. So how fast do you want your current to reach heaven? Are you getting God's attention? Let's pray. God, I thank you for the words that you have given to us, Jesus, this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that we leave this week and that you remind us hey, are, are you being committed? Are you breaking comfort? Are you connecting? God, remind us this week like never before, and I pray that the words that were spoken, that the enemy does not come and devour them like the birds of the air. We cast him out in the name of Jesus. And we just pray that you abide in us as we abide in you, Lord God. And I pray that we literally show Love to those around us. Holy Spirit, move on our behalf. Answer the prayers of your people, God, because they're going before you and you're smelling them, Jesus. Answer them swiftly. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.